Good morning. Merry Christmas, and good to have everyone here with us this day. And uh, if you'd grab your bulletins, a few announcements as we get started this morning. Uh, if you are a guest, please fill out this blue section that tears off and put it in the offering plate when it goes by, and we'll follow up with you about Mechanicsville Baptist. Any prayer requests you may have, put on the yellow side, uh, the decision information page, and uh, you can put that in the offering plate as well, and we'll pray for you. If you notice on the back, it is uh, a lot of days off for Christmas, but we do have our Christmas Eve candlelight communion service Tuesday night at 5.30 over in the FLC. So we would invite you and any family that you want to bring out this Tuesday for our Christmas Eve service. And then uh, we do tonight have Encounter at 5, Youth at 6, and Ensemble. Other than that, most everything else is canceled this week, so we hope you have a wonderful Christmas with family and loved ones. And uh, we will look forward to hearing about all that God has done over our breaks together. Also in your bulletins is a insert for our 2019 poinsettias uh, in loving memory or in honor of. So please take a moment to look through those and uh, pray for those as well who have given and received those. If you did get poinsettias, I guess most of them are over in the FLC, yeah? If you did get them and you're not going to be at the Christmas Eve service, you're welcome to take yours today, but otherwise we'd prefer you taking them after the Christmas Eve service so it can be nicely decorated for the service on Tuesday. But we thank you for those who did that, and we thank you for all those loved ones who have been mentioned. And uh, that's about all I have. Tim, any other announcements you can think of? All right, very good. So I think our Sounds of the Spirit is going to do our call to worship.
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having, been, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit as a pledge to us and that our lives are to be lived as a pleasing offering to you. God, we pray that uh, our hearts and our motivations and our ambitions would all be to give you glory. And as we do, we pray that you would uh, use us as your instruments uh, each and every day. God, we thank you for this time together gather together as we worship you we thank you for every uh, part of this service and we pray that it would be pleasing to you and that you uh, as your spirit is here with us would be honored and so we pray that you have your way and that you are glorified on this special day in Jesus name amen good morning let us stand and sing number 177, Lo, How a Rose Are Blooming. This is number 177. Please stand and sing with us.
be seated. Good morning. This morning, we light the candle of love. The angels announce the good news of a Savior. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke 2.10 and 11. God sent his only son to earth to save us because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 3.16 and 17. Bye. 
Now let us all stand and sing number 180, The First Noel. Please stand and sing with us. morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all of our many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for these gifts and ties. And I just pray, Lord, that they will be used to further your kingdom. And bless the giver, Lord. And bless this holy season. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen.
Before we go to prayer, I want to bring you up to date on a couple of people. Um, Don Stewart is uh, not doing well at all uh, in the Hermitage. And uh, he and his family need our prayers. And so we certainly will be praying for him. But um, I saw him last on Wednesday, and he did not recognize me on that day and and did not really respond to me. So uh, keep Don and his family in your prayers this morning. Also, Jean Brooks, who is faithful to our second service, is in the hospital this morning here at Memorial Regional with pneumonia. But I talked to Jean just a little while, I mean Jean, I talked to Pat just a little while ago, and Pat is one of our counters this morning, and she said that she was doing well, that it was not um, uh, widespread pneumonia, but needed to be treated, and she seems to be responding to treatment. So I did want to bring you up to date on those two. Because this is uh, Christmas week, we don't get together as much, so we won't hear those things. So I wanted to let you know while we were uh, here together this morning. Let's bow for prayer. <clears throat> oh Lord, as we come before you, we give thanks for this season of the year. For our hope rests in knowing that a Savior is born. And that Savior is our Savior if we will receive him into our hearts. We're thankful, Father, that as we gather on this morning, we can give praise to your name. And we can pray on behalf of those who have needs. We pray, Father, for Don and for uh, his family as he is dealing with uh, the illness that he is facing even today. We thank you, Father, for Jean Brooks, and we pray that you will bless her as she seems to be responding to her treatment for pneumonia. And for all of the others, Father, who are facing difficulties, who are hospitalized, whatever their situations, we give them to you and pray that you will bless and that you will encourage and that you will bring healing. And yes, Father, for those who have lost loved ones in these past few months, in this past year, this season can be very difficult. And yet we know that in the midst of sorrow, you are there. And so we call upon you, Father, to minister and to nurture those who are dealing with loss. We're thankful for our church, Father, and we pray that you will burden our hearts to reach out into the community and into the world, and that we might be those people who would allow the light of Christ to shine in us so that others might see. We are grateful for our missionaries, for their work around the world, and we pray your blessings upon them as they serve in places, Father, that sometimes are very difficult. And yet they go because they are called. And so we pray for them. We're thankful for your word and for its power. And for the opportunity we have to listen and to hear your word this morning. Bless us as we've gathered in the name of Jesus. Amen. Continuing our Advent theme, using the Christmas story, we turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning. And we read verses 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. A woman was doing her last-minute Christmas shopping at a crowded mall. She was tired of fighting the crowd. She was tired of standing in line. She was tired of fighting her way down long aisles looking for a gift that had sold out days before. Her arms were full of bulky packages when an elevator door opened. It was full. The occupants of the elevator grudgingly tightened ranks to allow a small space for her and her load. As the doors closed, she blurted out, whoever is responsible for this whole Christmas thing ought to be arrested, strung up, and shot. A few others nodded their heads or grunted in agreement. Then, from somewhere in the back of the elevator, came a single voice that said, Don't worry, they already crucified him. On the night of our Lord's birth, the Shekinah glory of the Lord appeared, and the shepherds were made aware of the presence of the eternal God in a unique and unprecedented manner. If they were familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, they would have recognized that this light that shone around them was a visible symbol of the presence of the invisible God. The truth that the gospel was meant for the socially despised and economically depressed is carried through by the story of the shepherds. The simple pastors of sheep belonged to the people of the land. The multitude of common men who were considered to be outside the pale of religious respectability. The occupation and manner of life made it impossible for the shepherd to meet the requirements of religious ritual for ceremonial purity. We see them in the tradition of the people of faith throughout the Old Testament who responded to this manifestation of the presence of God with fear and all. And so this morning we want to look at the radiant light of Christ and see how it applies in our lives even today. First we see the radiant light of the Lord's presence. We begin afraid and we stay afraid because of sin and death, because of the darkness that surrounds our lives. These shepherds were in the dark. And light broke through, and into the darkness shines the glory of the Lord. All of a sudden, there is light, the presence of God Himself. And should we fear even more, has God come in judgment? No one can improve on the word of the angel. Fear not, for I bring you glad tidings of peace, which will be for all people. The light is the glory of the Lord. That light shines in the darkness and gives hope to the Gentiles. The angels' glad tidings bring you out of darkness into light, from death into life, from sin to redemption. Throughout the Old Testament, our God is often pictured as the light that brings life and illumination for the path of life, enabling one to walk without falling. God manifested Himself to the Israelites as a radiant light. We find that in Exodus. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. To be able to travel by night without stumbling was an unprecedented experience for human beings. This was made possible by the glory of the Lord that shone about them as a radiant light. The children of Israel made their way through the wilderness by means of this radiant light of the Lord's presence. The 
pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle when it was dedicated. The reaction of the shepherds to the glory of the Lord or the radiance of God's presence, perhaps to be understood as a luminous cloud, was great fear. The heavenly visitor's first words bring reassurance. He is a herald of good news. Joy is a recurring theme in Luke. It's the proper response to God's saving deed. The people are God's people. At Jesus' birth, this was Israel, which later became the church, according to Luke's view of redemptive history. But God radiated light in their presence so that they could see the truth. You remember at the turn of the millennial, you saw all kinds of stories on what was the most effective invention of the last hundred years, which would have been from 1900 to 2000. And, you know, we can debate it, and they did, and argued it, and so forth. But one that came to the top was the light bulb. And if you think about the light bulb, the light bulb did change the way we do what we do. We were able to work at night. Work in factories at night because they were lit. Work at home at night. See in ways that we never could see before, simply because... Of the light bulb. The light bulb revolutionized the way we operate in darkness, doesn't it? When you think about it, it really did change our lives. Now, you could argue that without electricity, there would be no light bulb, but somebody had to invite the light or invent the light bulb in order to be used with electricity, right? It didn't all come at one time. But light matters to us. Light makes a difference. How many times have you walked into a dark room only to look for a light switch so that you could see when you walked in the room? I think I told this story a little later in my sermon last hour, but I'll tell you this. When we purchased a new bed for our house seven or eight years ago, it did not have a high footboard. It had a high backboard and a low footboard. And you know how it is at night. You don't want to disturb your significant other when you get up, so you stumble your way in the darkness. I bet for 50 nights in a row, I hit my shin on the end of that bed. 50 nights in a row. Finally, I learned what to do. So now when I even do it now, it's just automatic. I get up, and I'll touch the side of the mattress and go way out like this and down to keep from hitting my shin on the bed. I learned that. But wouldn't it have been much easier to protect my shin by just turning on a light? Light makes a difference. The glory of the Lord shone about them. 
Jesus Christ was the radiant light of the Lord's presence in the world. Don't you long to hear the word in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born for me, a sinner in the darkness, and in glorious confirmation there comes the yet stranger and more wondrous declaration, one so astounding it took an entire chorus of angels to proclaim glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased in one translation. This radiant light of the Lord's glory was present at the birth of the Christ. The good news is the birth of a Savior, an unusual title for Jesus in the Gospels. In the ancient world, a Savior was primarily a deliverer from disease, from danger, or the human predicament in the world. To proclaim Jesus as Savior was to affirm that He was the universal deliverer for whom people longed, who could do for them what neither their rulers nor their gods could accomplish. Only Jesus could truly release people from the bondage of evil, fate, death, and corruption. Jesus was a radiant light of salvation in an otherwise dark and cruel world. The radiant light of the Lord's presence was manifested in the transfiguration as we read in Matthew chapter 17. In this experience, the deity of Jesus Christ shone through the veil of the flesh of His humanity and the disciples didn't want to leave because when they saw the light in the way it was revealed to them in Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, they saw something that changed them forever. These shepherds saw the same thing. The radiant light of the Lord's presence accompanied the angels who announced the resurrection of Christ. The radiant light of the Lord's presence was manifested when the gift of the Spirit was bestowed at Pentecost and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributed and resting on each one of them. The glory of the Lord as a radiant light served to bring about the conversion of Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. When we read in Acts chapter 9, Now as he journeyed, He approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed about him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, There can be no doubt that the memory of the glory of the Lord shining on the face of Stephen as he experienced execution by stoning was used as one of the goads to bring about conviction in the heart of this persecutor who was to become the great Apostle Paul. But it all started with a light. It all started with a light. Satan spreads darkness in the world and in the heart to prevent this radiant light of the Lord's presence from shining into the hearts and faces of the unsaved. We know that Satan spreads darkness. We know that sometimes it's easy for us to flee to the darkness, to hide from the light. We know that the scripture is very clear about darkness and light. And it tells us that we as human beings would rather be in the dark than in the light. But believers are to be the glowing light of the Lord's presence in the world today. The Living Bible paraphrased the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount like this. You are the world's light, a city on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your Heavenly Father. 
There is something very exciting about the followers of Christ being described as a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. This implies that we are to do more than to merely reflect light. We are to let the living Christ who dwells within us in spirit shine forth through our humanity so that an unbelieving world finds the pathway to God illuminated and made clear. We are the light of Christ, not a reflection of that light. And people need to see that light. Paul speaks of the messengers who bring the benevolent gifts of Gentile converts to Jewish believers in Jerusalem as being the glory of Christ. If the glory of God is the visible symbol of the invisible God, then it follows that those who are generous and benevolent giving become visible symbols of the invisible Christ. By means of good works that are helpful to others, we become the glowing light of the Lord's presence in the world that attracts people to our God. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly Father. These good works are designed to glorify or to advertise God. Jesus specifically declares that we must not do good works to glorify ourselves. We have the privilege of being living, mobile symbols in the world today of the living God's presence similar to the manner in which the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night symbolized God's presence. We We are the presence of Christ in the world. If we render works and ministries of mercy to the least of these in the name of Christ, in a very real sense, we become the glowing light of the Lord's presence to them. When we practice genuine caring love for others, we give proof of our relationship to Christ and in a sense become His representatives in the world today. I like to go on Fridays on my day off more times than night to Texas Roadhouse for lunch. It's only open on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for lunch. Now you're all going to go. I, you know, I only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for lunch. And so I go out on Friday, and one week Janet had taken off because she had a doctor's appointment. And I said, well, we're, we're going to Texas Roadhouse. I hadn't been in a couple of weeks. Stock will drop. The restaurant will close. We've got to go. So I said, we'll go. So we went to Texas Roadhouse, and as we were, you know, they have wonderful rolls, too. Now, I know you're hungry now. Wonderful. This is not an advertisement for Texas Roadhouse, although it is good. So some people like to take their rolls home with them. And there was some lady that left the restaurant just ahead of us, and she had her balancing all of her stuff in her hands and everything. Next thing you know, her box of rolls fell off the top of what she was carrying, and every roll rolled out into the into the parking lot well I felt sorry for her because I know how good those rolls are so I said oh they'll give you more let me go back in and get you some oh you don't have to do that I said yeah I want to and she said well okay but you don't have to so I went in told him what happened poor lady lost her rolls they said, oh just a minute they went and before I could get back out she had brought she had come in so I handed her rolls She thanked me, told me how kind I was, had already told Janet how kind it was that he went in and was explaining how she was rushing and hurrying and trying to get all her Christmas shopping done on that particular day and it just hadn't been a very good day and on and on and on. And all I could think was, 
what, what a nice thing to do for somebody who was rushing to see that someone cared. Now, I'm not saying that to glorify myself. I'm really not. That's just me. That's what I do. That's who I am. But what mattered was is when she said, you don't have to do that. And I said to her, I want to. You see, you have to want to do the will of the Lord. You have to want to do it. It's not going to get done unless you are convicted to do it. It matters. Now that was a small thing. Didn't matter a whole lot. But I don't know what it did for her on that day because she and Janet had a conversation while I was inside. But all that to say is you can't help people unless you want to. See, that's where we fall short sometimes. We want other people to do what we can do ourselves. There would have been a many a person that could have walked right by that woman and said, oh, well, somebody will help her. And nobody would help her. It matters. We must want to. When we practice genuine caring love for others, we give proof of our relationship to Christ and a sense become his representatives in the world today. In his book, When Iron Gates Yield, a British missionary to Tibet, a captive of the Chinese communists for three years, tells of an experience one December 24th. After a long, tiring day crossing a famous mountain pass and stumbling down the other side mid heavy wind, his captors brought him to a small group of houses about 4.30 that afternoon. A Tibetan landlord had swept out an upstairs room for the missionary prisoner who had rarely seen cleaner accommodations in Central Asian countries. After a meal, when it was already dark, he was ordered to go downstairs to give hay to the horses. He clambered down the notched tree trunk to the lower floor, which was given over in the usual custom to stabling. It was pitch black. The missionary described his feelings. My boots squished in the manure and straw on the floor and the fetid smell of the animals was nauseating. I felt my way among the mules and horses, expecting to be kicked at any moment. What a place, I thought. Then as I continued to grope my way in the darkness towards the gray, it suddenly flashed into my mind, what's today? I thought for a moment. In the traveling, the days had become a little muddled in my mind. Then it came to me, it's Christmas Eve. I stood suddenly still in the oriental manger to think that my Savior was born in a place like this, to think that he came all the way from heaven to some wretched eastern stable, and what is more, to think that he came for me. How we beautify the cross and the crib as if to hide the fact that at birth we resigned him to the stench of beast and at death exposed him to the shame of rogues. God forgive us. The missionary said, I returned to warm to a warm, clean room, which I enjoyed even as a prisoner bowed to thankfulness and worship. You see, the light has shone. The son of Mary has grown and died and been raised again for the justification of all who will turn to him. He lived in darkness with us so that you don't have to do so any longer. We need to be reminded year in and year out that we live in His light, a light which will grow and grow until it reaches perfection and glory and night is banished forever. Because of Christ Jesus, because God was and is with us, there is only day in His presence. 
We don't need to read the beautiful words of this story. For most of us, they are written on our hearts. But I need to hear them. And sometimes I can even manage to say them. Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of peace, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Accordingly, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Did you hear that though? We know these words, but we need to hear them. We may be surprised to discover that in the world today, we can be messengers of the Lord, announcing not only the birth, but the life, death, resurrection, and living presence of Jesus Christ. It is possible for us to be the radiant light of the Lord's presence by which others can come to know God today. There are angels singing of Jesus' birth today. If you have not let Him come into your life, then listen to these songs and learn from them. Let Jesus come into your heart and home. There are shepherds in the world today still telling the good news. There are wise men and women who have already given Him their hearts and treasures and instead of becoming poor, they have become enriched beyond words by trusting Him and giving themselves to Him. You would be wise to give yourself to this Christ. Can you hear the words? Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward all. Jesus has a message to share. Can you see it? Can you hear it? It'll change your life. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are thankful for the power of this story. For in this story, Father, we see things that are illuminated, that change our lives. May we be shepherds and wise men and women who are willing to go and to tell. Thank you for the power of your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of invitation is numbers, I don't think I have the right bulletin. Yeah, I do. 464. I had a December 1st bulletin in there earlier. 464, whiter than snow. I trust that if you've never come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you will respond to the opportunity to see the light. To see the light as the shepherds saw the light. Give Christ your life. As we stand and sing hymn number 464.
for making this service this Sunday before Christmas a part of your day, part of your week. And don't forget on Tuesday at 5.30, we'll have one Christmas Eve service in the Family Life Center. And I hope that you will come. We are blending some of what our traditional stuff with some of our contemporary stuff. And I think it will be a very beautiful service. Uh, and I hope you'll come and be a part of that on um, Tuesday, Christmas Eve, right? Tuesday's Christmas Eve, December 24th. So um, anyway, please be in prayer for the Stewart family. This is a very difficult time for them and a difficult time of year to have to go through that. So I hope that you will remember them in your prayers. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious and eternal God, we thank you that as we leave here, we know that you are the light of the world and that we can be that light for you as we share the glorious good news of salvation. Help us, Father, to want to do your will, to seek after your will. For we thank you for your love and for your mercy shown to us each day through our Lord and Savior. Amen.